Hello, I'm Pastor Phil Mentor. I'm the lead pastor of Harvest Worship Center. On behalf of myself and our congregation at Harvest Worship Center, we would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. This is a podcast of our Sunday morning celebrations that take place every week at 10.30 a.m. We would like to invite you to come and join us in person sometime. We are located at 456 4th Street in Tryon, Georgia. We now pray that you are blessed by the Word of God today. Thank you again, and we hope you will enjoy this week's message. If you would like more information about Harvest, please visit us on Facebook and Instagram or at our website at tryonhwc.com. Amen. You can be seated. How many would testify God's never lost a battle? Amen. He's, God's never lost one. I've lost a few, but he's never lost a battle. The only battles I've ever lost are the ones I try to fight. But when God is for us, the Bible says, who can be against us? Aren't you thankful? I'm glad you're in the house of the Lord. Some of you, this is your uh, first time venturing back since all this stuff began, and, and it is so good to see, see you guys. I've, I tell you, I have missed my forever family. I've missed seeing you guys, and, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're here. Um, we are, somebody said, well, what are we going to do this fall? We'll, we'll do whatever, we're gonna, but right now we're going to have church and we're going to just see what God has in store. Uh, for some of us, we may know what today is, some of us may not, but today is Pentecost Sunday. Um, this is where the day of Pentecost took place after Easter. Jesus ascended back to the Father and then he challenged the disciples. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem and wait for the Comforter. He said, I got to go away so another can come. He said, the Comforter is coming. And I uh, just want to share with you just real quickly um, that we need to understand that, that the Holy Spirit is equal with God. He is God. Just as much God as God the Father, just as much God as God the Son. They are three in one. Amen. Uh, challenged them this morning. I'll challenge you. Uh, look at somebody beside you and say, do you have a mind? Maybe they don't. Pray for them. They don't have a brain. You're worried about them. Uh, do, you have, do you have a body? Anybody in the room? If you don't have a body, you're sitting next to a ghost. Okay? You might want to move. Um, do, do, you have, do you have a soul? Do you have a spirit? You are three in one, body, mind, and spirit. He is Father, Son, Holy Ghost, one God. We are made in His image. And so today we celebrate not the giving of the Holy Ghost, not the making of the Holy Ghost, because He was already present, okay? He was there at the beginning. The Bible says His Spirit hovered over the face of the deep. You find that in Genesis. You also find where He said, let us, us, make man in our image, Okay, so there, you see that presence there already of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate not the creation of the Holy Spirit. We celebrate, are you ready for this, the, the anointing, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon mankind that happened in Acts chapter 2 where the Bible says that they are gathered in one place in one accord and there came a sound from heaven as, as a mighty rushing wind. It filled all the house where they were and they began to see fire, uh, cloven tongues of fire they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave the inspiration i want you to understand today that there's more to the holy spirit than some understand some think that all it is 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 another tongue or speaking there's so much more to the holy spirit you're missing out if you think that's all there is to the holy spirit and if you've allowed
allowed that to, to shun you away, saying, I'm, I don't know about that, um, then you are, you are missing so much more about him. Do you realize, if you are saved this morning, you were already introduced to the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is the convicting agent of the Lord. In other words, it's the Holy Spirit that convicted you of your sin and said, you need this Jesus that died on the cross. Without the Holy Spirit, you would have never felt sorry for your sins. You wouldn't have found, had that, that conviction to draw you to Jesus. So already you see there's a partnership with the Godhead. They're working towards one thing, and that is the, the, the reaching of the lost mankind. But the, the Holy Spirit is, the, the best way I can define that to you is He is Pentecostal fire. He is the, 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 the anointing of God upon mankind to be witnesses to those around us. Have you ever tried to witness to a family member or a friend, and you struggled with that? The Holy Spirit has been given so that you and I would be witnesses. He said, and you shall be my witnesses in Acts chapter 1. He said, after that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When that anointing comes, when that gift of the Spirit fills your life, He is going to give you power to speak up on behalf of God. He's going to give you power to share uh, the hope of Jesus to a lost and dying world. If you've ever struggled being a witness for Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit to invade your life. You need your upper room, come on, to, to be filled with that mighty rushing wind this morning. So we're going to talk about that. Nova's ready. She's ready right now to see a move of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, if you have your Bibles and want to read along with me. 1 Corinthians 2, beginning with the first verse, uh, I'm going to read on through probably about verse 7 to begin with. But it says, and I, and, and I when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to, to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of, mere, of, of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart, and this is what I want you to, to hear this morning, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decrees, be, decreed before the ages of glory. And then he goes on, uh, let's go ahead and read verse 8. It says, none of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. He goes on to, in, in this passage to say, "If first of all, I came to you, and when I came to you, I was with fear and trembling. Uh, my speech was not exactly where it should be. I, you, you saw me, I was uh, kind of nervous. I, I wasn't I didn't come to you with lofty words or cleverness uh, would be another way of phrasing that. In other words, if anybody could have debated with them the wisdoms and the philosophy of men, the Apostle Paul had within him the ability to do that. As a matter of fact, some theologians argue that Paul would have had the equivalent of a PhD in the modern world that we live in today. But I want you to understand uh, that, that he didn't come to the Corinthians, who were considered very intellectual, intelligent people, with the wisdom of men. He said, I didn't come with lofty speech or the wisdom of men, but I came to you in the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. In other words, I didn't allow myself to try to convince you of Jesus. I allowed the Holy Spirit to convince you of Jesus. And I believe today a lot of reasons why people are resisting the gospel today is because the church has tried to be clever about its presentation of the gospel. We've tried to, to, to use the wisdom of men to convince people that they need Jesus, and that's not going to convince people that they need Jesus. It takes the demonstration of the 
power of the Spirit in our lives. I don't want to be like that group of people that Paul warned Timothy to not be a part of. He said, having a form of godliness but denying the power of. They're, he said, shun away from those type of people. In other words, they look the part. They can talk the talk. They can, they can, they can show you how spiritual they are by their words and their, 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 to each other, but they're powerless. They have no true power of God moving in their lives. I believe that summarizes the religious of this world. I don't want to be so religious that I don't have the power of the Spirit. I don't want to be religious at all. I want to have a relationship with this God that wants to have a relationship with me. How about you? I want to know Him the way He wants to know me. And when I know Him in that way, then His power and his, the reality of His Spirit will flow through this vessel and reach the people it needs to reach. God wants to reach folks on your job, in your home. He wants you to have those strong, powerful relationships. How many of you are ready to see the power of God move in your life? How many of you are ready to see the power of God move in your children or in your relationship, in your marriage, in your family, in your friendships? I'm here to tell you we can have the power of the Holy Spirit moving and operating in our lives today, but we have to be willing to open our hearts up to what He has for us. He goes on, he says so that, we, the, the, that many rest in the power of man or the wisdom of man. They trust in it. He said, all that's going to come to nothing. He said, I, I want to impart to you something that will last. He, he says, what, verse 7, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God which God decrees before, decreed before the ages of our glory. In other words, what is he saying? He's saying to you and I, I want to give you something. I, I want to impart something to you that isn't mind to give. It's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He is going to lead you into the hidden and secret things of God. How many of you like a good secret? Oh, come on. You like a good secret. You like to know something nobody else knows. You know, everybody's sitting around talking about something. You're thinking, mm -hmm, yeah, but I know. <laughs> you may not say nothing, but you're like, mm, I know. I know, the real, I, know the, I know the real story. You don't know nothing. All right? <laughs> All of us, if we're not, come on, that's human nature. We like to know what others don't know. We like this, you know, how many of you have ever said when somebody says, hey, come here, I want to tell you a secret, go, mm, no, no, I'm too holy for that. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> What's up? Tell me. What's going on? It's human nature to want to know that which is hidden. Do you realize that God doesn't want you to know the secrets about your neighbor? He wants you to know the secret things about him. God wants to whisper. I want you to get that this morning. God wants to whisper into your life and into your ears the hidden mysteries of him. Oh, my goodness. Do you realize that God is far greater? Yesterday we went for a hike, and uh, the kids went for a hike, and me and Tina went for cardiac therapy. And uh, so um, <laughs> it was really rough. But anyway, oh, it was a wonderful time. I love having Charlie horses all night. So anyway, um, but we, we, went for, we went for a hike, and it really was a great day. It was so beautiful. We went to Fort Mountain, and we hiked and went to the waterfalls, and, and we just had a great day with our family. But I was looking at all that beauty, and, you know, I could see pictures of that stuff, but it, it pales in comparison to experiencing it. Do you realize God says you can read the picture that other people talk about my glory? Come on, anybody ever had heard somebody talk about the wonders of God and the glory of God and the mysteries of God and you're thinking, man, that is awesome. But how many of you know to experience it is far different? Okay, how many, you know, I want you to think about when you first ate your favorite food. What if you only had a picture of it and people told you how awesome it was? 
All right. How many people like desserts in this room? I'm going to get you hungry before you go to lunch. How many likes desserts? Okay, a few. How many of you are too holy for desserts? No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, how many of you, you, you don't really care for desserts, but you got a favorite food? There's something, man, they, if that's on the table, you're like, you get really excited about it. Okay, like the kids got tickled because we went to this little restaurant in LJ yesterday and the lady said we have a special and it's grouper and Tina, you know, uh, I'll just say if she'd have been a dog, her tail would have been wagging. She was happy. She was excited about that. She was like, oh, wow, grouper. And the kids are like, why are you so excited over fish? She loves grouper. She loves grouper. She likes that. She's like, I haven't had it in forever. She got really excited about it. And there's nothing wrong. How many of you get really excited about it? You know, or, you know, let me just say this. God is saying, I want you to do more than just see a picture of whatever your favorite thing is and hear about how great it is. And what does the scripture declare? Oh, taste of the Lord and see that he is good. Some of us, we've heard other people talk about the power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit, but we've never experienced it in our life. I'm here to tell you, when God begins, how many of you have ever had a deja vu moment with God? In other words, all of a sudden, you, you know, it's like, man, what happened there? I, I, I think I've, I've dreamed this was going to happen, and it's so much better than what I could have imagined. How many of you realize that when you get an experience with the Lord, when you taste of the Holy Spirit, it takes you to a whole other place with Him? You can hear about it all day long. But we need Pentecostal fire in this country. We need revival in this country. And revival's not going to come because of they get this, the, the riots stopped. Or they, uh, revival's not going to come because justice is served. I'm going to tell you, when it, when, if justice is served and everybody was satisfied, something's going to happen down the road where everybody gets upset again. Why? Because we need revival. And revival doesn't come th through man and his wisdom. It comes through the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and where does God want to demonstrate that? Within his people. Within his people. God's ready to use you. God wants to tell you the hidden wisdoms of God. How many of you want some wisdom in your life? Come on. All right. God wants to show you that which was hidden and make it reality. And he does that through the Holy Spirit. In other words, God wants you to be blown away by his presence. He wants you to be blown away by his glory. He wants you to be blown away by what he can do in your life. I'll never forget dry, you know, stepping off a plane in 1992 in Athens, Greece. And then just a few months earlier, I was in Pennsylvania preaching a youth camp. I got a call from the guy that was over there and said, hey, I want you to come to Greece. And I'm sitting there going, I've got all these reasons I can't be there. I've got all these reasons that I can't come. One of my major thing was the financial reason. I, I, I just, I don't see a way for me to be in Greece. And I will never forget what he told me on the phone. He said, I didn't ask you how. I'm just telling you what God spoke to me. You're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be here. And I remember hanging up the phone in June in Pennsylvania and stepping off the plane in August in Athens, Greece, to do what? I had no idea. I just knew I was answering the call of the Lord. And I remember thinking to myself after I had the privilege to go to Bulgaria and Romania and I traveled into Israel, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm a 20, 
two-year-old guy and I am experiencing things that I never dreamed I would. I've got news for you. God has things he wants you to experience in his spirit that will blow your mind. All I know is it's going to take one thing on our part in order for God to do that and that is absolute total surrender to the power and the presence of God that we can allow ourselves to say, God, let the wind of your spirit blow into this upper room. Let the wind of your spirit fill my life. God, I'm ready to see your power and I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to see you perform your hidden mysteries and glory in my life. I want it. I want it. I want it, God. And if you don't want it, that's fine. He won't force it on you. But if you want it, I'm telling you, something's got to turn some of our... How many of you have got some friends and you, you almost feel like, almost feel like they're a lost cause? <laughs> or you got family and you almost feel like I got news for you you realize this church is filled up, filled to, to, with people with lost, that were lost causes and one of them's preaching to you today how many of you would say you know what I was a lost cause and Jesus came into my life he changed my direction he empowered me with his spirit and now I, you know what I may not be the, the, the brightest star in the sky but I am not where I was because God has brought me out of death into life God has brought me out of hopelessness to hope God has brought me to a place where I had no faith that I have faith to see the impossible things of God happen in my life has he brought you to that place has he brought you to that place if not he will I want to go a step further because God wants to blow your mind look at somebody beside you and say God wants you to be mind blown when Peyton is really amazed by something he will look at you and he will go mind mind blown okay God wants to blow your minds with the amazing glory that he wants to bestow. I want to read these verses to you. I love these verses. These are some of my favorite verses in Corinthians, which says simply this. But as it is written, verse 9, after he talks about if they had understood, if they had understood who it was, if they had understood the mysteries of God, he said they would not have crucified Jesus. They would have crowned him. And raised him up. But they didn't understand. They were blind to it. I got news for you. We live in a world that's still blind to the presence of God. They're still blind to the presence of Jesus. God's ready to change that. And he goes on after saying that in verse 8. And he says, But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, not through any other way, but through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches the things, even the depths. One translation says, the deep things of God. Amen? How many want to know the deep things of God? I mean the real good stuff. The deepness of God. The depths of His love. The depths of His glory. The depths of what He wants to take you to. How many want to have incredible faith this morning that you can speak to mountains in your life and they be moved? Amen? God wants to reveal the depth of his spirit in your life. In other words, he said, I want your mind blown. I've, God has in store for you things that your eyes cannot see and your ears cannot imagine and our, heart can, our ears cannot hear and your heart cannot even imagine. How many would say they got a pretty good imagination in the room this morning? You got a really good imagination. I got a great imagination, but I'm going to tell you, God wants to blow your mind with what he has in store. 
God wants to amaze you. He wants you to stand. How many has ever had God do that with you? You've, you've seen a miracle in your life. You've seen God move in your life. And you are sitting there just amazed saying, I didn't know it was going to happen this way, but thank God it did. I'm here to tell you, man will never understand how God works or how God moves or how God... If you sit and try to figure it out, I told him in, uh, earlier today, I said, listen, the, you know, it, it's foolishness, some of the things in the eyes of man that God does. The Bible says that, that, that he chose the foolish things to confound the wise, that, that some, the wise look at some of the things that God does and the way, how many of you realize and you have gotten, uh, you've got to this place in your walk with God that God is into the scenic route? Amen. He is going to take you around to get you to where he wants you to go. How many of you have ever had God do the direct route? Very few times in my life, I don't think ever in my life, have I had God say, here's where I'm going to carry you and me start walking straight ahead and all of a sudden I find myself going, you know, loops and corners and the, you know, yesterday we drove to Fort Mountain on 52 over to LJ, and if you ever drove old 52, it's winding through the mountains. Beautiful journey. Takes, you know, it, it literally takes, a, it's a mountain mile, so, you know, 19 miles takes you two hours, it feels like, through those kind of hills. But you get there, and it's just beautiful, gorgeous drive. But you know what? We were tired. We were ready to get home. We did not go that way home. We went the quick way home. And there's a lot of times you and I with God, we want to go the quick way and God says, I'm not going to take you the quick way because if I take you the quick way, your faith will never be built to what it needs to be built to. You'll never witness the majesty of my glory. You'll never see some of the things that I want to show you if you go the quick route. And so God has never taken me the quick route. My eyes have not seen, my ears have not heard, neither has entered into my heart the amazing things God has in store for those who what? Who love Him. Who love Him. Do you love Jesus this morning? If you love Jesus, give Him a praise. You love Him this morning. Then I want you to do this with you. I just want you to say this to yourself. Say, then God, then God wants to blow my mind. <laughs> this God wants to amaze you at what He does. But He's going to take the scenic route. There's so many times that I've, I've had God speak to me and say, Okay, Phil, I'm going to do this in your life. And I say, All right, let's go. And God says, You know, I'm... Now, God. Now, God. And, and I'll pick on Peyton a little more this morning. But Peyton is the one in our family that, that we can, you know, if you go to a restaurant and we say we're going to so-and-so for food, you know, he is, you know, uh, he, he will literally react one way or another. And you'll say, well, we're going to go so-and-so and we're going to sit down and eat there. And he'll look at you and sometimes he'll go, oh, and just, you know, become possessed and just, you know, eyes roll back in his head. And, and no, I'm just kidding. He doesn't do all that. But he does, he just, oh, and it's like, what is wrong with you? They have great food. But it's slow. It's slow. I want it now. I, I, anybody want it now. All right. That's why fast food places are successful in America because we want it now. All right. I don't want to wait for you to go home and cook me a hamburger. I can go get it now. I don't wait for, you know, I don't have to wait on that. I can have it now. And I want you to know, having it now has entered into the thinking of God's people. And that is why we are frustrated and angry. And some people have given up on God. And they don't go to church anymore. And they don't even, they don't want nothing to do with God. Because I tried God. You ever hear a person, somebody say that? I tried that Jesus thing. I tried the God thing. I tried the church thing. And it didn't work for me. What they were saying is, I didn't get it instant. 
I'm going to tell you now, God knows you couldn't handle it if he did give it to you instantly. It takes that journey to prepare your heart to be the man or the woman of faith that God needs you to be to see the fulfillment of it. Because if he give it to you too quick, what would happen to you? Your mind wouldn't be blown, but your head would swell. Come on. Come on. If I give it to you now, you, you, you know what? You won't, you won't have faith. If I give it to you now, you won't, you won't work for it. How many realize this? Somebody that has to earn something appreciates it more than somebody that's given something. You know, our Father in Heaven knows that same principle. If we understand that, you know God understands that on a spiritual level, that I can't always just hand it all over to you at once because you'll never appreciate, number one, where it came from. You'll never appreciate, number one, number two, that, that it took, took a price, that there's a price to this. I've got news for you. Yes, what Jesus did for everyone on this in this room is free of charge. He doesn't charge you anything to save your soul. But I'm here to tell you, don't you dare say it was cheap. It cost him his very life on a cross it cost him everything and all he's saying in return is I gave you everything and if you'll give me everything I will blow your mind by my presence my power and what I can do in your family and in your relationships but it takes us trusting in God last principle and then we're going to close out this morning we can impact the world come on we can impact the world when we allow ourselves to be what God wants us to be. There's three things I want you to understand about the Holy Spirit this morning. Number one, he, the Holy Spirit is misunderstood by many people. Number one, he's misunderstood by a lot of believers. He's misunderstood. He is not, the, even though we may have uh, uh, this happen to us at times, anybody ever get goosebumps, those holy goosebumps? Anybody? I have. All right? There's nothing wrong with that. But you realize there's more to the Holy Spirit than to just give you chills? I can lower the temperature in this room and give you chills. Okay? He's more than just the excitement. There's more to him than just that. He's misunderstood greatly in the body of Christ today because a lot of people, they don't realize that there's so much more to the Holy Spirit than just uh, being that. We can resist the Holy Spirit. That's the first thing I want you to, to, to take out of here this morning. If we're not careful, it's not just the world that can resist Him. We can resist Him. How many times has God told us to do something in our life and we were disobedient? Come on. All right? Go over there and talk to somebody. I don't want to talk to them. I don't like them. Oh, you, know, you like everybody. No, I don't. Neither do you. Go over and talk to them. Go over there and make a friendship with them. I don't want to. I didn't ask you if you wanted to. I told you to. Any parent ever heard that or give that command to their kids? I didn't ask you. It's not up for debate. Do it. Okay. The most miserable household is where the child rules the house. You know that? You ever seen that? You ever walked that where the children rule the house? It's their way, they have their way, and they pitch a fit, and if they don't get their way, then the household's miserable. That's the most miserable. You realize that's the most miserable thing when God's children try to be rulers over the house instead of allowing this God that died and gave everything for them to be Lord of all, not just Lord over heaven or hell, but Lord over their lives. There's, there's something to that. So we can resist the Spirit. The, the man without the Holy Spirit, we read this in the Scripture just earlier, does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. In other words, without the Holy Spirit, you won't accept the things of God. You won't go make that apology. You won't go make that friendship. You won't go, you know, how many of you have ever had the Lord say, go and ask forgiveness from that person? No. 
I don't think so. Because I didn't do nothing wrong. And God says, yes, you did. Go. <laughs> well, what am I doing wrong? You're not obeying me. That's what you're doing wrong. I didn't ask you for the, the details. I want you to obey me. I'm going to tell you something. Some of us would find great revival in our lives if we would learn to obey the Lord. Because the thing is, without obedience, God will, he will not take us any further. You hear me? Without obedience, we can't go any further in our walk with God. We will stall out in neutral. All right. I, I, this is something the Lord spoke to me as I was preparing this for you guys. And, and it's simply this. Um, I can have the most powerful engine in the world in a, in, a, in a hot rod, okay? Say we all build a hot rod and we really build it up right. And this thing, I mean, it has got, you know, 500 horsepower. It will, you know, suck the hood in. It's so powerful. It's just awesome and strong. And, and I take you out and I say, I want you to look at my hot rod and I tell you how fast it is. I tell you how awesome it is. And, and you look at that car and you're like, Wow, you know, let's go for a ride, Phil. Well, we can't. Why not? I don't have any gas. Matter of fact, this thing is designed to run on certain type of fuel, and, and they don't even make it. But it looks good. That's how a lot of our Christianity is. We look good. Now, come on. And we boast of the power we have, but we don't have power. You say, where's the scripture for that? Timothy was instructed by Paul to, that, to, that there were a group of people that had a form of godliness, but they denied the power of it. Go, go, get away from them people. They look the part. They talk the talk, but they don't have any power in there. I've got news for you. I don't, when my world is crumbling, I don't need somebody that looks like they know God. I need somebody that knows God. Amen? I don't need somebody that tells me, hey, hey, this is a pretty prayer and I can pray. I want somebody that can pray and get a hold of God and has power in their prayer life. How about you? If we're not careful, we can resist the Spirit of God. Number two, the Holy Spirit has been ridiculed. Why? Because the things that seem wise to to, to, to man, he does all, it doesn't make sense. I'll, I'll share this illustration with you because of love. How many of you have ever thought in your heart that if you could go back to the beginning of Genesis and you know, you look at, you're reading about Adam and Eve and their failure in the garden, you're thinking to yourself, God, why don't you just kill Eve? Come on. Why don't you just take her out? <laughs> Come on. Send an angel, put a hit on her, <laughs> get her out of the picture. Come on, think about it. Stop it before it starts. How many of us, man's wisdom, man's wisdom, would think, why allow her to reproduce? Why allow sin to spread? Because then your son would not have to die. Just take her out. In the wisdom of man, it doesn't make sense to allow her to live. But I want to tell you what the Lord spoke to me as I was looking at that. He said to me, I could not take her out no more than you could kill your son or your daughter because she was my child. You hear me this morning? He loved his child as much as any parent in this room loves their child. And he could not end her life no more than I could end my children's life. Why? He said, instead, I'll do whatever it takes. To redeem her. The Bible says he chose the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. He chose the foolishness. Foolish things to confound the wise. And I believe that when we get in heaven, the Lord may explain that as I was being really sarcastic with that wise part. Because they're not wise. It doesn't make sense. 
that a holy God would give his son, but I'm so thankful he did. Come on. It doesn't look wise in the eyes of men to give your own son's life to redeem people who say they hate you and that you don't exist. But only a loving God would do for man what man could not do for himself. You and I don't understand the ridicule that he's put through. Number, last, number three, we're going to go home on this one. He is misunderstood, the Holy Spirit is. Why? Because man cannot understand him if they don't possess him in their life. You can't. How many, a great, great illustration as we go. How many of you have ever read the Bible and said, forget that, it's just too hard? I have. When I was first starting out, trying to know this Bible, not trying to know the Scripture, and I got frustrated. Amen? Because I was trying to have my devotions in Deuteronomy. Okay, that'll do it to anybody. What are you saying? I could not grasp this thing. But when I spent time with the author, when I spent time with the Holy Spirit, the Bible began to open up to me. Why? Because God began to speak and make open the mysteries of the Spirit. Amen? Will you stand? Some of us in this room, we are in desperate need this morning. And I do mean in desperate need of a Holy Ghost intervention in our lives. You say, that's not me. If that's not you, that's fine. It's for somebody in this room. Or we know somebody that's in a desperate need of an intervention of divine nature. In other words, they're not going to be doing it. I, I, I don't tell you now. I deal with a lot of people in a lot of walks of life. I deal with people who are... Uh, you know, starting out, never done anything hardly wrong in their life. They're very, very innocent believers, got saved at a young age, and, but they're going through some struggles, and I deal with those type of people. And then I deal with people who their, their sin progressed in their life, and maybe they battled through uh, loss of a marriage. Maybe they battled through uh, addiction issues, substance abuse issues. Maybe they just have had bad relationship after bad relationship in their life and they're very wounded people. Just fill in the blank. I've dealt with all kinds of people. I deal with all kinds of people. And I can give you counsel all I want, but an intervention of the Holy Spirit will do things for you that nothing I can say or any counselor or therapist can tell you. Hearing your father pull you close and whisper he loves you. <laughs> Even after you've bitten the fruit and you've hid. You remember, have you ever thought of how terrified they were? Adam and Eve. How absolutely terrified they must have been. That this God they once walked with in the cool of the day, now they hid from in shame. But God's decision to save them was not decided through some great angelic council that met and voted and said, Jesus needs to go. It was decided at the instant they failed. At the moment they failed. 
Max Licato, favorite quote. As the echo of crunching fruit sounded in the garden, Jesus was leaving for Calvary. It was decided that we would not be thrown away. That we would not be disregarded and orphaned, but we would be redeemed. And when Jesus died, He died for the people that would mock Him and spit at Him and never accept Him. He still died for them. So they would have a choice to live and not die. You and I can have power through the Holy Spirit. But we got to want it. This morning, just so some that are new will know, the altar's not closed down. You can pray. We ask if you do pray with somebody that didn't come in your family group or you haven't been socializing with that you do wear a mask if you pray with somebody that is not in your home. But if you need something from God this morning, don't wait, come. If you know somebody that needs an intervention of God in their life, don't don't wait on somebody else, come. If you're not comfortable coming to the altar, then right where you're at, take the hand of somebody beside you and say, I want to agree with you right now that God is going to move in behalf of the need. And if you feel like sharing that need with them, you go right ahead. I want everybody that will just to close their eyes, bow their heads for just a moment. If you are in this room and that is you, no looking around for everybody's privacy, but if you need something from God or you know somebody that needs, I'm not talking about they just don't feel good and they got a headache. I mean, they need a move of God. They need the power of God. And if that's you, then I want you to slip your hand up or you know somebody, I want you to slip your hand up and put it right back down. Thank you. There are some others. They need a powerful move of God in their life. You know they can't. Without it, they're not going to survive. Without it, they're not going to be able to exist. Then if you raised your hand for that person or for yourself, I want you to begin to pray right where you're at. Or you can come to the altar if you feel comfortable, but I want you to begin to pray. I want you to begin to pray right now as we get ready to leave this place and just invite the presence of the Holy Spirit. Invite the presence of the Holy Ghost to come in. Oh God, I want, to, I want your power in my life. I want your presence in my life. I want my mind blown for my eyes have not seen, my ears have not heard, neither has entered into my heart. Or I'm, I can't even imagine the good things you've got in store for me. Amen. Let's pray all over this room. Let's pray. Once again, we thank you for worshiping with us today. We would love to hear from you. If you were touched in any way by today's message, please let us know. You can find out more about us and even support our ministry with an offering at TryingHWC.com. Thank you again for listening. And-